Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 31 of A View to a Cocker Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Ninja Sentai Cocker Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today? Good, man. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, it's tax. It's tax day. It's April the 15th. Yes. Yeah. So it's if a, you... Uh, universally... Uh, Agreed upon as the worst day of the year. Uh, you know, it's... it's Universally by me, which is all I'm counting. Right, right, right. So if you are listening to this and you haven't done your taxes yet, uh, you are in trouble, friend, and you need to deal with that. Um, yeah, yes. Although, actually, um, no. Tax day this year is the 18th, because the 15th is on a weekend, and the Monday is the Monday after Easter. Okay. And so if you were listening to this on Tuesday, literally do your taxes today. Today. You are out of time, friend. But um, um, we actually got, this is pretty crazy, Beth and I got some really good news. Oh, really? Which is, well, earlier in the year, Beth, my wife, she uh, she quit her job. Uh-huh. And so, but we were doing our tax withholdings based on, and she made more than I did, and we were doing our tax withholdings based on the amount of money that we were making up until June. Aha! Yeah, and so when we did our taxes, we found out we had, like, dropped a full tax bracket. <laughs> um, so we're getting a tasty return this mm, year. Getting a tasty slice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of tasty slices, Dave, uh, today we are watching episode 31 of Ninja Sentai Kaka Ranger. It is called Behold! A new Shogun. I was expecting a stronger joke transition on the slice. Like, I wanted there to be more of a, uh, like, a slice of Cocker Ranger. I'm not sure where you're going well, I mean, with that. one episode is one slice of Cocker Ranger. Yeah, Cocker I... Ranger is arranged in 52 slices, and today we are approaching slice number 31. <laughs> um, I don't know why all television shows don't refer to episodes as slices. You just start with one giant loaf of TV... They just start carving it off. I uh, I feel like I can think of probably a bunch of reasons why they don't why they don't do that. But in any case, in any case, uh, today episode thirty one, behold a new shogun, which I'm excited about. I'm super excited about. Last week's episode was amazing, and yes. I am pretty pretty stoked to get into this week's episode. I genuinely thought we were going to be holding a new shogun, be beholding a new shogun a few weeks ago in the. Uh, history's first super battle. Yeah, we didn't, but we're good. We're good. We're going to get to see it today, I'm almost certain. Uh, so, Dave, before we get into that, first, we have our award-winning opening segment. Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? So, our first star of the week, Matt, is, as you know, I am a, and our listeners know, I am a trim, healthy mama. Yes, yes, we yeah. all have this. And I am, uh, you know, like, I've lost, I've lost a bunch of weight. I'm super stoked about it. And uh, as I've said before... Losing this amount of weight has keyed me into, I think, just how overweight I was. Yes. Yeah, you know? I, I believe that was a topic of discussion yeah. on a so, previous episode. Listeners, so, go back and check the back tapes. I'm, I, I'm almost certain we did. But I thought I, last week, I said, you know what, man? I'm losing this weight. Uh-huh. I've, got, I've got a good thing going here. I'm on a roll. And I am, I've been saying it for years, like literally years, like, oh, I got to start working out. I was like, I am, I'm going to start working out again. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start exercising again. Uh-huh. So I did. So I started, I started this week and I am, I'm calling it Operation Morning Person. Okay. Yeah. Because I have just, I've just realized this about myself is that when I get home from work, I am just not going to work out. Like, I'm not going to do it. I have, I come home and I want to be done for the day and I just don't do it. That's a reasonable so, approach. Right. So I just realized that the, if I'm going to work out and I want to, the only time I am going to do it is if I do it before work. And I also, and remember, I am a, I'm a teacher. So my day, my workday starts at eight o'clock. So I, this Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I got up at 5.30 in the morning. Wow. Yeah, super early. I got up at 5.30 in the morning. When I wake up at 5.30 in the morning, I have a wave of relief. Like, oh, I get to go back to bed for an hour. Right. Uh, I, did, I didn't. I did. I set my alarm. I did it on purpose. I got up at 5.30 in the morning, and I worked out, and I, you know, kind of did all my morning routine stuff. So by the time 7.30 rolled around, and I was getting ready to go to work, I'd been up for two hours. I'd, like, had my coffee. I had had my breakfast. I had worked out. 
I felt like a million bucks. No joke. The soreness set in the days after, because it's been a very long time since I worked out. <laughs> and so then I felt less good, but I am, I am, I'm like on this tip, man. Like this is, I'm saying something revolutionary. So, if, so what you're saying, Dave, is if you watch your diet and you work out, you might feel better? Yeah, you're going to feel better. Listen, man, I'm up, I'm, I'm getting my sexy right. I'm, yeah. I'm up in my game. Being excellent to each other includes yourself, man. Yes. It is. So I'm not, I won't go into a toe lot, but I am doing HIT, uh, high intensity interval training. Mm -hmm. So it's, I, and I decided on this because A, there's some good science behind it, and B, because it's very time efficient. It's about half an hour of working out. And in that half an hour, at least to start, I am only doing, catch this, two minutes of actual exercise. And uh, you would think that that would not be a lot. It is. It is a lot because A, I'm pretty out of shape. And B... Well, this is where the high-intensity part comes in, This is in, where the right? high-intensity com part comes in. Yeah, the idea is that you just go, like, absolutely gangbusters <laughs> for, like, 30 seconds, and then you stop, and then you rest a little bit, and then you go gangbusters for 30 seconds. And I just looked up. I was like, well, I want to get the most out of this 30 seconds, so what What should I do? Because I don't have any weights or anything. And, you know, so I'm just like, well, I'm going to be stuck doing bodyweight exercises, and everyone just said, do, do burpees. Just do burpees. And if you can, like, put in a push-up. So I'm doing burpees with plus a push-up. And it's gross. It's gross. And I feel bad afterwards. Sure. But I'm going to do... I'm, I'm doing it, man. And I'm feeling good. And uh, that's it. That's it. You should just... You should join me. You should also get on Operation Morning Person. Well... It's going to be great. Uh, first of all, Dave, I, I am, I'm currently in my 32nd year of Operation Night Owl. And it's going great. Well, you know, uh, listen. I, I have tried to be a morning person. I there was a time that I worked at Starbucks. Right. I had well, I had to be like technically conscious and like moving in ways that I could comprehend and plan for. Yes. I would not necessarily say that I was awake at four in the morning those times, but I was at work. You were doing it right. You were doing a thing. But I'm super into it and uh, as the experiment continues, as the operation as the operation continues, I will I will give you further updates. But what, Matt, is our second star of the week? Dave, our second star of the week is something that we have just finished uh, experiencing for the Second time. Second time. Uh, is the new episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Dude! Which, okay. I I think we've talked about Mystery Science Theater 3000 a few times on the show before. Yeah, briefly. Like, if you were to go back into my, like, childhood comedy, like, origin story, it would be Mystery Science Theater. Yep. Conan O'Brien. Yep. Weird Al. Yeah. Monty Python. Strong. And, like, a couple of old stand-up comedians. Yeah. And, I mean, this is... I mean, we're effectively doing MSD3K. This is what we're doing. Like, right. us and literally everybody who does a podcast like us is basically just doing MSD3K. Yeah. Like, worst idea of all time is MSD3K. We are MSD3K. Major Danger is MSD3K. Yeah. It's, it's all MSD3K. Like, we're all just riffing on those guys. Right. And I... And now I know that we have talked about this before because we have said that exact thing in the five stars before, I think. <laughs> Do you ever get halfway into a star and then, like, and that's when you realize we've already done it? Yeah, sometimes. Hey, Sorry, listen, guys, guys. We're on, like, episode 135 or something like that. We don't do that much in life. There's going to be some repeat. Yeah. But th there's a good reason for this repeat is that now for the first time in the 21st century, yeah. there are new episodes of Mystery Science Theater and they are great. Yeah, I was... Okay, listen. I was a little bit concerned even though I I really like, you know, Joel Hodgson is involved and all of these great yeah. guys are involved. I was a little bit nervous because, you know, like... Will the magic be the same? Right. Like, it was... can you capture that lightning in a bottle? Mm -hmm. The thing that made the first show so great, can you come back and and do it again? And will the new stuff be as good as the old stuff? And they're old. I've only seen a couple episodes, but so far, guys, if you were nervous about it, let us reassure you, it's cool. Like, it's great. You're it, good. Yeah, and, and the great thing is, not only is it great, it is great in the same way that the old stuff was great. It's not like, oh, there's this new version of it for a new generation, and it's different but still fun. Like, no. 
It's just the same show, but there's a new season of it. Yeah, it's they they killed it. So we watched the first two episodes. We watched Reptilicus. Yes. And we watched uh, Cry, 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 Cry Wilderness. I think it's just Cry Wilderness. <laughs> Cry Wilderness. Cry Wilderness is it's one of the worst movies we've seen in the context of MST3K. And we've seen a lot we've of We've seen Mr. a lot Science of them. Theater. And I feel like we shouldn't go too far on this because it's a little meta to start like riffing on the riffing. Yeah, but it is, it's really, really great. Yeah. It's on Netflix. It's, yeah, it's on Netflix. You can go see it. So go check it out. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be happy that you did. If, Hon- yeah, I mean, honestly, if there's, a- there's only one bit of the new episodes that feels a little out of place. Which is that, like, the new segment with the mad scientists, and particularly, like, listen, I like Felicia Day. She doesn't seem like she's right in this, because everyone else is a comedian, and she's an actress, and it just, like, feels a little different. Matt, I kind of agree with you, but I'm going to stop us there before we accidentally say something bad about Felicia Day on the internet. You know, Dave? I feel like that's... <laughs> That's a real... You don't want to be that person who did that, so... No, no. Just... There are there are very few unforgivable sins on the internet. <laughs> that, um, I think, might be one And I think them. that's one of them. So, Matt, what is our... What's our third star of the week? Uh, third star of the week is... Jump right out of that one. <laughs> so, we were, we were going to talk about this last week, but we didn't do the five stars because we did a Creature Royale instead. But a few weeks ago was WrestleMania, and I want to spend a few oh! minutes... Talking about the showcase of the Immortals, the grandest stage of them all. Yeah, I did not. I was really bummed out. I didn't get to see the whole thing this year. Our buddy Josh did have a party to mm-hmm. to watch it because he is a member of the WWE Network, only nine ninety nine per month. Yep. <laughs> and uh, but I did get to see the first half. It was fantastic. I just I had to work in the morning, Dude, so I, I also had to work in the morning. And WrestleMania ended at like twelve thirty. <sighs> Yeah, okay. Well, I'm glad I cut out what and like, I did. And I was like, I was in for it, right? Because right. like at that point, because it was supposed to end at like 11. That's normally when those things end. Yeah. But they moved some matches around. They put something that was originally going to be in the pre-show into the main card, the SmackDown Women's Championship. Okay. Which was a great match. Yeah, that was Naomi a Naomi got the belt match. match. You know, feeling the glow. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you're thinking of the Raw Women's Championship. Oh, yes. The SmackDown yeah, Women's totally Championship am. was later. Okay. Yeah, dude, Raw Women's Championship was Raw! Yeah, dude, it was great. It was really, really good. Nia Jax was killing it. I mean, they were all killing it. It was an amazing match. Yeah. But the thing that I especially want to talk about is that The Undertaker retired. Yeah. And you missed The Undertaker retirement match, that which honestly, is... I think reading the story is probably better than watching that match, because, like, The Undertaker is an old man who has wrestled for most of his life, and, like, it is hard for him to, like, move like a human should? Yeah, dude. I mean, okay, I'm sorry. It's easy for him to move like a human should. It's hard for him to move like The Undertaker should, because The Undertaker is, like... An unstoppable <laughs> juggernaut of right. wrestling power. Um, he's got to hook up with DDP, man. Get on that DDP yoga. Oh, yeah, I mean, I think he's in good shape. It's just... Nobody can do that stuff their whole life. Right. <laughs> and he has been... He has been a professional wrestler, I think, my entire life. He's been The Undertaker for 27 years. Yeah, And he was wow. a wrestler before he was The Undertaker. Dude, that's nuts, man. Uh, and so, it reminded me of this really stupid idea that I had. And I mentioned this on Twitter, but I'm going to say it again. Because I want everyone to know. Not everyone's about, on Twitter. About my potentially great, potentially very stupid idea. No, this is an amazing idea. Don't back off from this. Which is, and I thought about it originally when uh, Brock Lesnar broke his WrestleMania streak a few years ago. Is that if he retired then, Brock Lesnar should have had to have become the new Undertaker? No, that's incredible. Like, I can't. You need to TM TM TM. Or I'm gonna steal that. <laughs> I'm stealing the Macro Brothers move. We're tar- trademarking that. I don't think we can actually do that because it's someone else's intellectual property. But you need to take that. I don't know. Like write a fan letter to Vince McMahon and just be like, Vince, you're never gonna believe it. This is what has to happen. Right. So, like, I thought about it with Brock, but Brock would not have looked good as The Undertaker, No, he right? wouldn't, but... But he would have had Paul Heyman with him to be, like, the new Paul Bearer, which would have been amazing. But now that Roman Reigns has retired The Undertaker... Roman Reigns would look good dude, as imagine, The Taker. Imagine that handsome boy dressed up like a goth cowboy. Like, it it's a be, good look. It would work. It would be really, really good. So, is there anything else, Matt, you wanted to hit about... Uh, 
WrestleMania? No, I just wanted everyone to know about my weird fantasy booking for The Undertaker. No, it would be fantastic. I would love, I would love, love, love to see that. Uh, Dave, what is our fourth star of the week? So, fourth star of the week, Matt, is we've got a brief trailer talk. Two trailers dropped this week. Trailer watch. Uh, let's, let's, ne- no. Do I a trailer watch. Okay, I'm really torn between do I never want you to do that again, <laughs> or do I always want you to do it forever? I'll get back to you later. But two new trailers did come out this week. So the first is The Last Jedi. Last Jedi. Last Jedi trailer came out, and I am I'm digging this release schedule, Star Wars. Yeah. Where there's just like one per year. Just give me another Star Wars every just, year. Forever. Yeah, just forever. I will always watch them. And if there is honestly, if they're as good as Force Awakens and Rogue One, like if they continue that quality streak, like Sure, why not? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Sure. Well, that's what Marvel's been doing, and the Marvel movies, they drop like one to two of them every year, and they're always they're fantastic. Yeah. And every time I've said it before, I'm sure I'm gonna say it again. Every time someone's like, Oh, this is it. This is the last one. They can't be good after this. Because like the internet loves to hate things. And sure. every time those people are wrong and the movies are fantastic. So but the last Jedi trailer came out and it looks it looks really good, dude. It does look very good. It looks super, super good. It's Ray. It's only, you know, it's a super early trailer, so they're not giving very much away, which is great. And I honestly think that after this trailer, I'm probably going to try and avoid... Avoid further trailers. Avoid all the other ones. Because, like, this, to my mind, is a perfect trailer. It's like, there's some shots of Rey. She's on that island we saw at the end of Force Awakens. She's got a lightsaber. She's, like, doing some jumps and flips. She does a little floaty rock stuff. Uh We see some backlit shots of Luke. Saying something about the Jedi have to end, which is nonsense, because of course the Jedi aren't going to end. They're like the best part of Star Wars. Dave, the, Dave, the name of the movie is The Last Jedi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Last Jedi before that Jedi trains like a whole new crop of Jedi. That's, that, the name of episode nine, Matt, is going to be like, psych, there's still Jedi. That's what that movie's going to be called. The first Neo-Jedi. <laughs> right. Yeah, the first, whatever. And so, now when I say Neo Jedi, I mean New Jedi, not like Jedi who are also Neo from the Matrix. But now that I've said that out loud. Now that you've said it, we're in. I am 100% in. I would watch that movie. Just Keanu Reeves as the New Jedi. Yes! Um, <laughs> so this is, yeah, it's a perfect trailer because it's it's wet my appetite for this movie. It looks super, super cool. But it hasn't really told me anything about what's going to happen which is ideal, because I don't right. actually, I don't want to know too much about. I just want to go watch the movie. Right. So this is perfect. So there was one more trailer, Matt. There was another trailer. It came out. That Thor True t- trailer. Yeah. Dudes. Yeah. If you have not seen it yet, let me give you the highlight reel. First of all, it's amazing. Second of all. It's amazing. Uh, immigrant Song. Yup. Because uh, listen. Wait, hold on. That's the Immigrant Song, It's right? totally the Immigrant Song, yeah. Okay. I had this weird moment of like, am I saying the wrong name of the song? No, you're good. Okay. So it's the Immigrant Song. And the really important thing about that is that it's the only song that I know of that references the Hammer of the Gods. So I don't know why it hasn't been in the trailer for all of the Thor movies. I think they were probably saving it. That's my guess. Because when they started doing Thor movies, they knew they were going to do three of them. And you know, at the first meeting, they were like, so we're going to use Immigrant Song, right? Everyone's like... No, 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 dude. You gotta wait to drop that hammer. Right. Some beautiful genius Uh, uh, said, uh. no, that was good. Some beautiful genius said, no, dude, we're gonna wait for the third movie and it's gonna be killer. So, there's a couple of just really fantastic things that they're doing. Valkyrie's in it? Valkyrie's in it. You know who else is in it, Matt? Your boy. Your main man. Scourge. Scourge the Executioner is in this movie. Oh, dude. Scourge the Executioner is in this movie. And, okay... There's other stuff about this trailer that we could talk about. Here's what I want to talk about. First of all, Scourge the Executioner is amazing. And in the trailer, he's got his machine guns, which means that I am really hoping they're going to do the bit where he stands alone at Yallerbrew. Um, If you have not read Walt Simonson's run on Thor, first of all, what are you doing with your life? Second of all, stop listening to this right now and go. They sold an omnibus a few years ago. It's very expensive, but you might be able to find one. Yeah, it's uh, worth it. Worth it if you can get it. Um, But uh, Scourge is being played by Carl Urban. Yes. Here's why I love this. I swear, not a month ago, I was having this conversation about how Carl Urban was like in the center of the Venn diagram of all like 
comic franchise movies. He's the he's or like the, comic nerd franchise movies. Yeah, he's the Mkron Crystal of of nerd movies. He's the, the nexus he's of the all nexus realities. Of realities for nerd movies. Uh, Dude was in uh, definitely he was in Lord of the Rings. He was in Lord of the Rings um, in TV as well. He was in Hercules and Xena. Right. He was uh, a, he was dread. He was dread. He was in the Riddick movies. That's right. I totally forgot oh, about yeah, that. Dude. Um, he was in Star Trek, obviously. Yup. Um, he was in, and now he's in Thor. Yep. I think the only stuff he hasn't been in is like, he needs to be in a Star Wars and a DC movie. I think that'll round it out. Yeah. yeah. So, dude, Carl Urban. Love that guy. Living, living the dream. Maybe not his dream. Definitely my dream. <laughs> right. And I also, we did see some quick shots of the Hulk in there, and I'm really interested to see how much they're going to be kind of mashing up the Walt Simonson Thor run with World War Hulk. Because he's definitely got that World he's War Hulk. He's definitely like Gladiator, Gladiator Hulk. That. So I don't know what's up, but I'm really. Yeah. I'm jazzed about it, man. Jeff Goldblum's in this movie. <laughs> right! Right! And they've got that Kirby picture in the background. This is incredible. It's so good. Anyway, this has been Trailer Watch. No, I'm down. I'm down. Yeah, you need to keep doing that. Trailer Watch. Okay, Dave, what is our fifth and final star of the week? So, I will keep it short, but a couple, a little bit ago, Beth and I and some friends of ours, we went to a new restaurant that's just down the street, and mm-hmm. I ate food that I had never eaten before. It's called, the place is called uh, Zoma, mm-hmm. and it is an Ethiopian restaurant. Oh. Yeah, I had never eaten Ethiopian food, and it is A, unique, mm-hmm. and B, super tasty. Want to give me some sort of uh, an example? Yeah, so here's the jam. Take me to Flavortown, Dave. Yeah, so there's, let's not. So <laughs> <laughs> there's, I'm not prepared for that level of like alternate reality that's going to happen if we go there. So I'm not prepared with cream beams or anything. <laughs> so Ethiopian food, it's like it's a lot of like stews and curries. Okay. But like like heavy duty stews. Like not stews you would eat with a spoon. Like things that have been stewed is a better way to say that. And you just you kind of you order the food, right? And then it As comes, you do. Yeah. And then it comes out. Not on a, like a plate with utensils. It comes out like there is a platter, of course, but on like a giant pancake. Okay. Okay. S- like a like a sourdough buckwheat pancake that I think is called an injera. It's made out of this particular, and it's kind of like this. I'm not just. It's kind of spongy, in like okay. a. Like I said, it's like a sourdough pancake, so it's kind of bubbly, mm-hmm. and then it's got kind of a spongy texture, and then all the food is just sort of on it, and then you're like tearing off parts of the plate, the injera pancake, and using those as like a hand thing to kind of scoop the food oh, up, okay. and then they bring you extra stuff as well. So it's sort of like if you went, it's like a pita, kind of. Except uh-huh. if you went to a Middle Eastern restaurant and all the food was served on a giant pita, and then there were other pita, and then as you were like eating all the food off the giant pita, you were also using the giant pita to eat the food. That sounds good. It kind of snowballs, but it's super spicy and it's really savory, and uh, the food is delicious. So if you live in the Cleveland area, we I recommend that place. And if you don't, maybe you can find Ethiopian food near you. It was a taste adventure. All right, you know what's another adventure, Dave? I think I know what you're going to say. It's Ninja Sentai Cockranger. We're going to watch episode 31, Behold, a new Shogun. And we will be right back. Ninja, ninja! All right, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode 31 of Kakaranger. Uh We have beheld the new Shogun. I was a big fan. Yeah, that is a cool, that's a cool Shogun, dude. Uh, but we will get to that later on in the episode. Um, early in the episode, we start, as we so often do, in the quarry mid-fight. So this episode starts up directly after the last episode stopped. It's a part two. They're literally in the middle of the same fight. So it's Tsurihime fighting her dad. And the other rangers are nowhere to be seen because they've gotten blown off a cliff into yes. a river, I guess. So it's just Tsurihime and she's doing, like, backflips around her dad, but he's blasting her with lightning. And so I think the idea is that he's, like, dragging her around with telekinetic lightning somehow. Yeah, uh, I have it in my notes as the the whip flip. There you uh, go. Which is something that happens a lot, where, like, 
She shoots him with a laser. He deflects the laser with his hand. He, like, shoots an electricity beam at her that envelops her. And then, in an effort to show that he is dragging her all over the place, the actress in the suit just has to do a bunch of flips. This is the standard. That's a great name for it, the whip flip. And this is a move. You see it all the time. Yeah, we saw it, like, three episodes Constantly. Uh, We saw a ton last year with Maria, because she's got that, like, crazy energy whip. So, Dad, she does that for a second, and then Dad blasts her super hard, blasts her so hard that she is out of Henge. Like, he knocks her back into her human form, and he does the slow approach, where he's walking over, and he's got the sword, and she's looking up at him, then it's back to him, and then back to Tsuruhime, and then back to him, and he says, this world will be the yokais eventually, it's only a matter of time, and he's about to kill her. Yeah, it's like, the, the Kaku Rangers are, like, a small thing that we just need to deal with. But you're not going to stop us. It, this is Yokai Town. This is it. Game over. And then he's attacked by a cloak. Yeah, like a flying cape just sort of like comes out of nowhere and kind of envelops him for a minute. And then Sandayu shows up, and it was like we've seen Sandayu's cape before. I actually recognized it. I was very proud of myself. Oh, that's good. I did not catch it. Um, so it's Sandayu has thrown his cloak at. The uh, Hakumenro. Yeah, I don't know. I got the impression that it was some sort of, like, ninja magic uh, thing. Yeah, uh, he, okay, he used ninja magic to project his cloak around him. But, yeah. Uh, and then Sane jumps up, sort of gets in between Hakumenro and Surihime, and says, okay, uh, we're going to escape now. Just throws down a smoke bomb. He and Surihime disappear. They're gone. Yeah, so... We flip to them, they are running through the woods, and Surihime is fighting Sanayu to get back to Hakumenro. She says, no, I want to fight. He's killed He's killed the other rangers, I've got to kill him, I don't care that it's my dad. And Sanayu says, first of all, no, you're not You're not strong enough to beat him. Second of all, the other rangers are fine. Right, he like, says, they, they, are, are, they are being saved right now. So, is it Dog Little Brother number one? Yes, it is. It's Dog Little Brother number one, whose actual name is Bun. Bun? Yeah, his actual name is Bun, and Bun, we see, has pulled the other rangers out of the ravine with a rope. They're pretty beat up, and he's got his two dogs with him. Mm-hmm. And the sighting at Sasuke says, hey, like, thanks for the assist, Bud. What's your name? And Bud just smiles at him and runs away. You know, precocious children. So, yeah, he still just stone faces them. I... Super duper want to know what is up with Bun. I'm kind of assuming he's going to be the sixth ranger, but I don't know if this show has a sixth ranger. So, I don't know. We'll find out, I guess. I don't know. I assumed that Sunday was going to tell us at some point, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. So, we go back to it's Tsuruhime, and she's talking to Sandayu, and she's basically just saying, like, what is happening? Did you meet with my dad? Did he say something? Like, what? what's right, going on? Right, like, what's, like, I'm very confused right now, and you are the guy who is supposed to be explaining this to us, so please explain it to please, us. Please, yes, it would be awesome if for once in your life you explained one thing ever. Right. So, Instead of disappearing for 13 episodes and then coming back with some sort of weird vision quest. So, so, Young Noble Jr. arrives, and he says, Sunday, you won't tell you anything. Because what he's actually doing is he and... Hakumenro are conspiring together so that when Daimau arrives, Hakumenro will kill Daimau and they will take over the yokai, but I'm not going to let that happen. Right, and Sandayu looks at Young Noble Jr. Okay, so Sandayu, while being very good at not telling the rangers anything and being like sort of secretive. Yeah. He's very bad at being secretive with Young Noble Jr. Yeah, Sandayu has zero poker face. Yeah. Like, dude cannot hide this. Because what he does, not only does he just look at Sandayu or at Young Noble Jr. and say like, he then just pulls out his sword and attacks him. Right. Which is, listen, Sandayu. That is code for, you said the right thing and now we have to fight. Right. So, so, oh, and then we do, Young Noble Jr. does mention it's only one hour. One hour until Daimu yes. arrives. Which means that the previous... Because what? Uh, Daimu had one month to show up, right? It was one month, and then as of last episode, Young Noble Jr. said it was 24 hours. Okay. And now we're down to one hour. So Young Noble Jr. says, Daimu will revive in one hour. And then we get a quick shot of Daimu just saying, I will revive very soon. And then we're back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
We know. No, just, we get yeah, it. Just confirming. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. So, Sandayu and Young Noble Jr. start to fight. It's not actually much of a fight. This is totally one-sided. Young Noble Jr. is way more powerful than Sandayu. Yeah, although we do get a great moment where Sandayu is sort of on the ropes, and he's like, all right, well, now it is time for me to pull out ninja magic instead of sword fighting. Yeah. And so, he, like, he makes, like, a hand symbol, and he shouts. And then the base... Like, at the base of the, a couple of trees in the yeah. forest, like, there's an explosion, and those trees all sort of, like, fall around Young Noble Jr. to, like, hem him in. And then he does it again, and instead of knocking down trees, launches a bunch of boulders at Young Noble Jr. Now, unfortunately, Young Noble Jr. also went to the school of boulder-throwing ninja magic. Yeah. And just reverses it yeah, right back just, on Sandayu. It's, it's boulder-throwing reversal. That's all you have to do. As long as you know the technique. You also know the counter magic for the technique, I guess. Yeah. So you know, make sure you memorize that spell that day. Yeah. So Young Noble Jr. launches the rocks back at him. Sandayu kind of goes down. Young Noble Jr. walks over and picks up Sandayu's katana and is about to kill him. And then we see the other rangers run up. And they're like, Sandayu! But they're still a little ways away. And so right. Hime is there. Like, we're here to save you! And so my assumption was is that something would happen. And then they would save Sandayu. Turns out, I was wrong! No, what actually happens is that Young Noble Jr. stabs Sandayu, like, straight through the midsection with this sword. Yes. And you know that he did it. Because when he pulls the sword back, it is covered in blood. Yep. So, Sandayu... He's he's dead ish. He's not. He's dying. So all the rangers run up and they're crowded around Sandayu. And my notes just say, "Young Noble Junior just left." I guess. Oh no, he's still there. He's still there. He just walked like twenty feet away. Well, you wanted to give him a moment, I guess. And so he still got the katana. And this is a great move. This is a real power move. He just kind of tosses it over his shoulder. Yeah. He doesn't even keep it. He's not like, ah, I will keep this sword. As the sword of my hated enemy. Right. I just, like, I just drop it in the woods. Right. It was pretty fantastic. So. So they're all furious. Yeah. Super, super angry. Seikai has maybe the ugliest cry face I've ever seen. <laughs> it's really. I think everybody else is acting and Seikai is just literally doing an ugly. He just got really upset <laughs> and is doing an honest to God ugly cry. So they all hang gay. And they go to fight. They're like, this is it. We're fighting. And I, at this point, Matt, I'll be honest. I can't believe there's like 20 more episodes of this show. Right. That's, I have that in my notes right here. Because at this point, it feels like, okay, their mentor just got stabbed. Right. They're having this big climactic fight with Young Noble Jr. Daimayo is about to revive in one hour if they don't stop it. Like, this feels like episode 49 of this show. Yeah. So they, they henge and they start to fight. And then there's this, oh my gosh, this is so incredible. So they decide, for whatever reason, they decide that they are going to do Kaka Ranger Ball. Well, it's a devastating technique, Dave. Yeah, I just, okay. So I know you hate it. <laughs> they start, to, they, they're like, Kaka Ranger Ball. And what we see is Young Noble Jr. just stands there waiting for it. Like he puts his sword up over his shoulder and is just watching them. Set up for Cocky Ranger Ball. They do the whole thing. They, they pass the ball like person to person. Right. The ball changes colors as each individual person kicks it. They blast Young Noble Jr. with Cocky Ball. Yeah. And then Young Noble Jr. just swings his sword like a baseball bat. Knocks it back and clocks Jiraiya clean in the head with it. There's a huge explosion and all of them go flying. I... <laughs> I not... I would have been... The fact that he bats it back at them, I think, is the best. Like, had he just, like, stonewalled it or blasted it or caught it or something, none of that would have been nearly as good. Right. As just casually... Like he was playing... Like... Yeah, like like he was, like, in a Saturday afternoon softball league. Yeah, it just does not even care. So, he's about to kill them. And then Tsubasamaru flies in out of nowhere and says, Sasuke... Take the Thunder Sword, Hikarimaru, which, Tsubasamaru, like, bro, what were you waiting for? <laughs> A dramatic moment, like, obviously. You, you clearly had this thing already. Could you, should, could not have showed up with this 20 minutes later, I don't know, before Sandayu died. 
Listen, that was not nearly a dramatic enough moment. So, Sasuke catches this sword. It is 100% toyetic. It's awesome. And it, he, like, jams the two ends, kind of, like, of his regular Kaku sword and the new Thunder Sword, Hikarimaru. Yeah. And they do, so he does sort of, like, a Darth Maul thing, and then he separates yeah. them, and then both blades are glowing. One is red, one is blue. And then he... Just He just attacks and he does... What's the special technique he does, Matt? Uh, it is the Hidden Lightning Cut. Yeah, so he does Hidden Lightning Cut on Young Noble Jr. Young Noble Jr. goes down. Yeah. Like, this is a good, good move. Yeah. And I'm really excited, by the way, because we've seen now that Subasamaru gives him the uh, the Lightning Sword. Yeah. Right? Or the, the Thunder Sword? Yeah. The Thunder Whatever. Sword. He can remember. But then... Um, Muteki Shogun yes. gave Sasuke, like, the flaming whatever sword. Remember? Oh, that's right. I totally forgot about that. So I'm wondering if there is a... Because, listen, we're going to be holding new Shogun in, like, a minute. Yeah. And I'm really excited because I want to know if eventually that dude is also going to give Sasuke a special sword. And then we're going to get, and like, gonna a be, like, giant... It's going to be, like, a giant, like, combined weapon. Yeah. I, I don't think... know if that's going to happen, but I would love it. It would be pretty fantastic. I think, basically... Everything I want from Super Sentai is I want everything to plug into everything else. Yes. And to make like a bigger, better version of whatever it is you Obviously. already had. Because yeah. all yeah, all Sentai Tech is plug and play. It's all in- infinitely compatible. You just all USB. <laughs> yeah. What's amazing is you don't even have to plug it in explicitly as long I think as you get them close to each other. Sure. There's just kind of an energy glow, and then the glow fades, and now it's a new thing that looks vaguely. It's an entirely new prop. Yes. Let me be clear. These things don't, I think, actually fit together. They just have three separate props. Like, there's the two separate ones, and then it glows, and then they give you the third prop that is just a totally new sculpt of both of them together. So... You gotta sell those toys, Dave. Yeah, so they're like, this is it. Oh, I'm sorry. So Young Noble Jr., he gets back up, and he says, all right, well, fine. I'm just gonna crush you all with giantism. So he goes giant. They all summon the Super Ninja Beast. Yeah. So and they, so we get, like, you know, God's Rooter and God Kark and, and yeah, all of this All guys. the other ones. God Rooter goes in to fight with Young Noble Jr. for a minute. Because he's got, like, his double sword. Yeah. We get, like, a quick four seconds of a fight. Yeah. And it's not... Yeah, it's super, super fast. And it there's not even enough to kind of know who's coming out on top. So, but because the, before the fight can even really get started... Young Nobu Jr. says, like, Dr. Yagami, like, I need an ultimate weapon! Yeah, because if you remember, last week, Dr. Yagami was building an ultimate weapon. Yeah. So, and since it's Dr. Yagami, we get to... Okay, Dave, tell us what his ultimate weapon is. It is... It's like a giant arm cannon. Yes. That, with, like, a backpack... That yes. is also camouflaged. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's got to, you know, mesh in with the rest of... Young and Noble Jr.'s look. Also, that backpack, which seems to be like a power source for the gun, is also a jetpack. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So, when he gets this super ultimate arm cannon weapon, he he starts to do a number. Like, yeah. His, the attack coming out of that thing is called the Crush Beam. Yes. Thank you. Uh, I forgot about he, that. He knocks over uh, God Saruder. God Kark flies in to try to zap him. That gets knocked out of the sky as well. And then Sandayu, who is apparently not dead yet, I just, just sort of rolls up. And he's, you know, he's definitely like stumbling. Yeah, and like he is on the way trees. out. See, he comes in and he says, Sasuke, it's time. You must combine and form Kakure Dai Shogun. So and there's a moment where the Kakure Rangers respond to this. As though they are confused about what he is saying. Yeah. Like, they have forgotten the entire point of this whole exercise. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they just thought, they're just like, well, we got these god beasts. These guys, these but guys are great. But they've seen the statue of Kakure Daishogun. So, speaking of the statue, we see, we flash real quickly to the spot inside the Castle of Winds, which again is Muteki Shogun, where it's the three statues yes. of Tsubasamaru, Mateki Shogun, and Kakure Dai Shogun. And I just realized this, Matt. Hmm. What this means is that... Because the Castle of Winds is Muteki Shogun. Correct. And inside the Castle of Winds... I think it's the Castle of Wind Illusion. Thank you. Castle of Wind Illusion. Inside the Castle of Wind Illusion is a statue of all three god generals. Yes. So Muteki Shogun has a statue of himself... Inside himself. 
Are you saying you don't have any pictures of yourself on your phone? It's basically the same thing. Um, it's I, just like a selfie, but a statue. I have, I have pictures of myself on my phone. I don't have a tattoo of my own face tattooed on my butt. Is Mutaki Shogun the Stevo of God Generals? <laughs> I think this sadly seems to indicate that he is. So, so they like from the three God Generals, I beams like shoot out, and it shoots at all of the God Beasts. And they combine into Kakure Daishogen. And Kakure Daishogen rules. Kakure Daishogen looks rad as hell! He's got like this big bear face coming out of his chest. Yeah, so here's the deal. Uh, God Kark forms the head. Yes. And God Kumard is like the chest and one of the legs. I thought both the legs were God Gamer. Oh, that's right. So he's a frog. Because he's, he's got, got those, those crazy legs. legs. So both the legs are God Gamera, and then Kumard is the chest, and then I thought this was very interesting that God Saruder, who is just a person shape, because it's a monkey, is not like the body. I, yeah, that is very interesting. because yeah, God Saruder and God Logan are the two arms. I genuinely assumed what we were going to get with Kakure Daishogun was that the other four god beasts were going to form, like, armor sure. or something well, around God Saruder. Because that is how um, Dairena worked in Dairanger. Yeah. Because Ruseo would turn into, like, his warrior form, and then everything else would sort of become armor that he would wear. Yeah. Or kind of like Voltron, where, like, the black lion is the center, and then the other ones kind of yeah. form onto him. So, yeah, I thought that was really... Interesting, particularly because, again, usually the leader, like the lead ranger's giant robot forms like the core of whatever the giant combined robot is. And so it's not Sasuke. I mean, it's kind of Tsurahime since she's the head and she's sort of the leader. I do like that, yeah. But I thought that that was a pretty neat thing. And then, so Young Noble Jr. says, Kakure Daishogun, how dare you? Which, I feel like that's gotta be, like, some weird quirk of translation, because it's like, well, well, they're trying to kill you, young Neville Jr. Right, and you knew that they were looking for this. They went on a whole, like, four or five episode arc to go find these hidden scrolls. Yeah, this is not, this is not, like, a social moray that they have violated somehow. Like, how ungentlemanly of you to have formed Cockroach and Daishogun. So, they start fighting, and this is, this is a one-sided fight. Oh, Kakure yeah. Daishogun has completely ramped up. He's at a, operating at a whole new power level. Young Noble Jr. has nothing to do to fight this guy. He launches off. He doesn't even start with a move. He just starts with his finishing move. A finishing move. A finishing move, which is called Iron Fist God Finish. And so he punches with Logan, and then he punches with God Saruter, the God Saruter Fist. <laughs> and as he is punching with the God Saruter Fist, you see a giant monkey face, like, in front of the screen. So I think it's, like, summoning the anima of a giant robot monkey, and he punches Young Nova Jr. with It's that. very good. It's incredible. So he, he punches Young Nova Jr. back. Young Noble Jr. kind of, like, hits the ground, but pops up. Mm-hmm. He like jumps up into the air. When he jumps up into the air, we get a shot of Subasamaru flying in. Kakure Daishogun also jumps up into the air, and then they double down on giant robot combinations. Yes, so we get Super Kakure Daishogun, which is basically regular Kakure Daishogun with like giant falcon wings attached to his back. Yeah, uh, we get a rad pose of him like flipping around like doing like a giant flying karate kick look and then we get like a freeze frame of it and i think i have to believe in my heart that they saw how cool this pose looked and they're like guys we gotta freeze frame we have to freeze frame on this we are gonna so little kids brains are gonna explode out their ears and we're gonna sell so many of these toys I would buy it. I would buy it right now if I could find it and it wasn't too expensive. Uh, you probably can find it because this is also the, like, this is one of the, um, this was an early enough Zord in Power Rangers that I'm pretty sure they've made, like, a legacy version of this, which are the, like, the nice toys that they put together. Oh, well, yeah, it does look super cool, no doubt. It does not look as cool as just, like, the guy 
as the guy in the fist. Or in the guy in the fist, as the guy in the costume. Speaking of the fist, we are now getting into the second finishing move he does, which is basically the first finishing move, but now he's flying. So it's the Iron Fist God Flying Finish, I think? Uh, yes, I believe so. Which is basically the exact same, but we also get him summoning, like, the cart, like, the image of a wolf face as well as the image of the monkey face Yeah, it's, when he does the flying punches. It's kind of incredible. So he kind of dive bombs as he's doing this punch and Young Noble Jr. goes down. Yeah, like there's like light growing, glowing out of like broken bits of him. Yep. And then like he goes down. He goes down. He explodes into like a giant cloud of black energy uh-huh. which makes like a Spooky oogie boogie face right. for a second. And then it sort of like coalesces into an image of Young Noble Jr.'s, like his monster form, the Gashadokuru, like yeah. skull mask with a black rose in his teeth. Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's amazing. And then that discorporates again and flies up into the sky. Yeah, to, like, man. That's join it. the yokai energy. And I guess Young Noble Jr. is dead now? Yeah, man. I am... I'm just, like, surprisingly bummed out about the fact that Young Noble Jr. is dead. I'm super into that team. Yeah, I was very surprised and pretty bummed because, like, that guy has been a big part of the, like, energy turning the show around from those early episodes. And I hope that they can maintain that energy without him. Yeah, so they... They turn around, they blast, I guess Kakurei Daishogun has like eye blasts. Why not, So man? they use eye lasers, they blow up the seal door. Yes. Victory. Cool. I'm sorry, they blow up the seal door. They don't blow up Isildur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isildur is, well, he's got his own issues. Sure. <laughs> so he blows up the seal door. We get a quick shot of Dr. Yagami who's buried under rubble and he just says... I think the rubble of the seal door oh, falls that's right. on him. And he just says, I don't want to die either. <laughs> and then his hand... All you see is his hand and then his hand falls over. So he's... So Dr. Yagami's out too, man. Yeah, well, listen. He finished his ultimate weapon. What else did you want him to do? He had... Uh, yeah, he had nothing left to live for. He I completed suppose. his final quest. So... Which was to make yet another... Yet another gun to put on yet another arm. So Skull Island kind of gently resets itself. It seems like it falls fast enough that every building and person on it should be crushed to death. Yeah, they do not. But that is not what happens. It just kind of gently floats back down into place. All the stones turn back into people. Which is great. Yeah, awesome. And then the seal door is like rubble and the skull castle disappears. Like everything seems to be fine. Yeah, and the show's over. I guess Kaka Ranger was only 31 episodes. Right. No, it isn't. There's more, of course. So the rangers go, they're on Henge, they go find Sandayu. Who is still in the very slow process of dying. Yeah, so Sandayu says, guys, you know, this is it. This is it. It's been a pleasure working with you. And the rangers are wrecked. Like, they're destroyed. It is as though Sandayu has been in every episode of this show. Right, so okay, so Surihime makes sense. Sandayu has sort of, like, raised Surihime on some level. Right. Like, because her dad is busy being Hakamenro, the yokai strategist. The other rangers have met this dude, I think, twice? I'm going to round it up to five times. Because there was a couple of times in the early episodes, and they've bumped him to him a few times since he's given them the quest on the, like, Hidden Scrolls. But even if we go up to a cool half dozen, like... Listen, I would be bummed to see anyone die of a grievous sword wound in front of me. Especially yeah, if it's I'm someone not. who I've met a few times. Yeah, I but don't like, wanna. They are all acting as though they, like, Sandayu is their best friend and mentor. Yeah, so, anyways, what he says is he says, Listen, I just want to be really clear about this. Your dad is not on some, like, secret double betrayal thing. Your dad has just betrayed the humans. Right. Like, he was trying to protect you, but only because he thought that you were too weak to protect yourself. Yeah. But he has definitely betrayed the humans. You are the only ones left who can fight the yokai. Yeah, like... You have to win. Yeah, you cannot assume that you'll get your dad back. This is... This is it. Okay. But then... Yeah, and then the... Sandayu doesn't backtrack, but the show kind of does backpedal on this. Because what we see, we get a really long shot that only... Because, like, everybody is turned in and they're all looking at Sandayu. Sandayu is the only person looking out. And he looks out and he sees Hakumenro on the top of a building 
kind of watching this tableau. Mm-hmm. And he, I think he just thinks it. Because yeah. we get like a voiceover. Because we, we see his mouth and his mouth isn't moving. So yeah. this is like an internal monologue bit. And so he says like, my lord, is this what you wanted? Is this what you planned, right? Yeah. Like, you know, we've done, we have completed your plan. I, you know, this is what you wanted. So it seems to me that what is actually happening is that Sandayu is doing his best in his final moments to convince them that Hakumenro is, like, completely evil. But perhaps that's not actually the case. Yeah, there might be something else going on there, but we don't... We, of course, don't know what it is. <laughs> Sandayu, lying to our heroes to the bitter end. <laughs> Just, listen, man, he has lived his life in a certain way. He's going he's gonna to die how he lived. <laughs> so, no reason to change now. So then... He died doing what he loved, Dave. <laughs> lying, lying to his mentees. So then, all the chunks of the steel door glow, and then they just fly up and reform! Yeah, so it turns out, like, this was kind of all for naught. Yeah, this plan meant nothing, and the door just opens, and Daimu rolls out of it, and he's fine. He just says, like, I am reborn! And Daimu is... It's a weird look. It's like if... It, we, we had described him earlier as like a Sorpentor look. Yes. And that's kind of true, because he definitely has like a snaky head. Yeah, but the sides, he looks like the king of the universe from the Katamari Damacy games. Yeah, like a little his bit. his head is like a long cylinder. He seems to be wearing some sort of headdress. And he's got other snake bits like coming out of his shoulders. Yeah, and then he's wearing like weird grandpa glasses. Yeah, he's wearing Dumbledore glasses. Oh yeah, that's actually way better. Yeah, he's totally yeah. wearing Dumbledore glasses. He looks like, what if like, what if Serpentor like got kind of old and was somebody's uncle? And also maybe had to, like, substitute teach sometimes to make ends meet. And he's got, like, a weird cane scepter thing. It's not... It's not awesome. Like, he definitely looks evil. And it's not a bad look. But it's not... It's certainly not as good as Young Noble Jr. Yeah, And it's also not. not, like... It looks evil, but it doesn't look scary. Yeah, and then this is the first time... And I think this is a trend that continues on, like, into the rest of the Super Sentai world... That this is the first monster, or the first, like, boss monster, I think, that we've seen that has a sculpted face. Because Daimo's mouth moves a little bit. Mm -hmm. But it is very clearly, like, a sculpted face mask. As opposed to, you know, Shadam and them, which were just, like, people that were acting. And I know in later seasons of Super Sentai... The boss monster, like the big bad bosses, do tend to have like just big sculpted faces that don't move at all. Yeah, you know, I I wonder how much of that is like this being a new thing, and how much of it is just the fact that in Jetman and Die Ranger, and also in Zhu Ranger, which we're not watching, we haven't watched on this show, but I, you know, we've yeah. seen, you know, that was not the case. So it might be a coincidence, but this is definitely different than what we having been watching so far for the podcast, have seen. Yeah, but it's, uh, like I said, I don't think it's my favorite look, but he looks cool. And maybe he's got like a battle form or something that we'll see later. So he's good. Daimo is back. Skull Castle just kind of disappears. Yeah, like the the building that it's a part of is still there, but the seal door and the big skull on top both disappear. Yeah, so I guess it's served its purpose and he's yeah. cool. So then we get a shot of what I can only assume is the new yokai headquarters. It's not anything we've seen before. It's sort of like a court and there's a throne and all the yokai are super, super stoked. And there's a throne and like Daimo comes and they all split and they're like bowing and he sits on the throne. It it could be a spot that we've seen before. It's like it is dark. There are columns and there's dry ice. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's all the spots we've seen before in that case. So we, yeah. So we see there's a bunch of Dorodoros there. There are... Those, like, crappy generic yokai that we see occasionally. Yeah. And then also the, uh, the, the ninja ladies. Yes. The flowery... Kunoichigami. There we go. The Kunoichigami are there. And Hakamenro is there. Yes. And Hakamenro actually takes a moment to ask. He says, hey, what about, what about Young Noble Jr.? Like, are we gonna, are we cool? Like, what's... 
Are we going to do anything about that? And Daima was like, my son was an idiot. Yeah. Uh, because he, throughout this last couple of episodes, and I don't know how much we've touched on it. We haven't actually at all, I don't think. Um, Young Noble Jr. had been concerned that, like, Daimao was going to have Hakumenro be his heir as opposed to passing things down to Young Noble Jr. Yeah. And my Daimao was like, I was never going to do that. I was always going to make him my heir. But he's dead now. Right. And, and the Cocker Rangers killed him. So now I'm going to kill the Cocker Rangers. So he's like, I was, I mean, I was planning on killing him anyways. This is me reading between the lines. Oh, said, sure. The plan was always when they did die, but now I'm going to like double, double kill them. I'm going to super extra double murder them. I'm not totally sure. I'm going to enjoy it a little bit more. Yeah, I guess. And so then that's, that's it, man. So that's the end of the episode. Daimo is back. Well, okay. There's, there's a, there's a little coda. At the oh, end. that's right. Thank you. So. We cut back down to the waterfront, and as in the last episode, we see Surihime sort of... Oh my gosh, how did I forget this? Yeah, so Surihime is sort of like looking out over the water, and she's thinking to herself like, Sandayu, I know that you said that my father had turned evil, but I really don't want to believe it. Um, and she sort of sees this vision of Sandayu, who like smiles at her. And then she thinks about her father and sees like a shadow, like, you know, like a cloudy, smiling image of him in the sky with his dad haircut, not with his yokai haircut. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. know that's the good version. Right. She's imagining good dad. Yeah. And then the rest of the Kaka Rangers show up and they say, hey, Tsuruhime, like, don't worry. We're going to do this. We're going to win. We're yep. going to save your dad, which apparently is now the plan. I, sure. Um, and we have this new powerful ally in Kakare Daishoken. And then the camera just pans. The camera just pans up. And Kakare Daishoken is just chilling. Just like, like standing there looming over this park they're standing in. And I, <laughs> I really love the idea that when they're not using him, that he is just kind of around. Just sort of like just out of camera frame. So then that is... That's the end of the episode. So, yeah. I mean, big... Big shakeup. Young Noble Jr.'s dead. Yes. Daimo is back. Sandayu is out of the picture. We don't know what's up with Hakamenro. Is he good? Is he bad? We've got all the robots in place. All the giant robots in place. Yeah. I am still, on some level, I'm still waiting for, like, an ultimate combination. Because we know that Super Samaru combines with Mujaki Shogun. Right. And we know that Super Samaru also combines with Kakure Dai Shogun. Right. And so I am really, really, really hoping that at some point... We will get ultimate Kakure Muteki super god mode. Right. That whatever. would be pretty good. I don't I honestly have no idea. No, uh, I I'm clueless. I just want it to happen. I'm just I'm speaking it into the universe, Matt, and hoping that we'll get it. Okay, so how are we gonna handle the um the creature royale this week? Because we've actually had a couple of deaths. We have Young Noble Jr. Yep. And we also have Dr. Yagami. Okay. Well, I would say Dr. Yagami should go on the list of... Like the weekly villain list. The weekly villain list. So he's not competing against God Newt. Well, no. I'm going to change that up, actually. Because we put Jin the Demon Fist on the regular monster list. Uh-huh. And I feel like that's where Dr. Yagami goes as well. Oh, yeah. Young Noble Jr., of course, goes on the... Like the commander. The commander's list. Yeah. So, Dr. Yagami let's, Yeah, first. let's start with Dr. Yagami. So, I love Dr. Yagami. He's totally, totally rad. I think he's gotta be... He's gotta be top half. Oh, easily. Top 50%. So... He's got, like, a really... Fun theme of just making, like, cyborg bits to put on pre-existing monsters. Yeah. So, he is, at the very least, minimum, he beats out the Ring Priestesses. The Ring Priestesses are sort of, like, right in the middle for us. Oh, sure. So, is he top 25? Well, what's number 25? Or, top, sorry, top, let me say that again, top 25%. Okay, well, let's... So, top 25% would be, is he cooler than Heatwave Hood? Apartment building dimension. Is he better than apartment building dimension? Well, okay. First of all, Dr. Yagami sort of masterminded a couple of plans on his own. He did. He had like a like a secret science factory in like a hidden haunted cabin in the middle of the woods. Right. He works with Tengu. Yeah. Basically, like the, the reason that Tengu brothers. went lower on the list is because that was basically a Dr. Yagami episode where he was using Tengu. Yeah. So... 
is I, okay. So Doctor Yami has a great look. Yeah, I love that he is passionate and dedicated to what he sees as his life work, mm-hmm. which is like listen. I have a long-standing theory, Matt, that anything is cool if you're good enough and dedicated enough to it. Right. Slash, like, at it. So, like, even the dumbest thing, this is my classic example, making the bed. Making the bed is boring and dumb. But the world record for making a bed, this is not a joke, the world record for making a bed is something like a minute and 30 seconds. Which, making a bed is boring and dumb, but if you can do it in, like, a minute and 30 seconds, that's actually kind of rad. And Dr. Yagami is dedicated to putting robot arms on giant monsters. Which is a lot cooler than making a bed. Which is inherently ultra cool. And his level of, I would say, philosophical purity, Matt, and dedication (laughs) to what he views. This is a man who's discovered his passion. He knows his mission. And he is, he's just going to pursue it to the end. And he's concerned about uh, cleanliness in the lab. He always makes his Dorodoros. Wear the lab coats when yeah. he's doing his labor. Yeah, well, you know, there's no reason to be slumpy. He's got so, crazy hair and a mustache and an eye patch that he wears as part of his glasses. Yeah, okay. So I think, well, man, this is the tough thing because we're getting into rad monsters in the top 25%. Like, this used to be easier. But top 25%, man, it goes counting upwards from the bottom. Apartment building dimension, Kabuki boy, key clown, hungry wolf demon, Gali sensei, the media magician... Zakashi Warashi, New Aided Chimera Schemer, Tsuchi Okay, we're, we're, we're too high. We're too high now. Okay. okay. Well, I'm just saying, that's the tw- top 25. So, for is he better than Apartment Built Dimension? That's he's, that's the gatekeeper for the top 25%. Uh, yeah. Okay. Because Apartment dim- apartment Building Dimension is that high on, like, coolness of look, but basically only coolness of look. It's okay. not a character. So... It doesn't have an arc. Like... Dr. Yagami's got, like, a whole thing going. And even though he does not look as cool as Apartment Building Dimension, there was that one time that Dr. Yagami was, like, on a bicycle with, like, a radar circling on top of his head. That is a true thing. When he was, like, jamming the communications of so, the uh, So I tell you what, man, let me, I'm just going to start talking up. You tell me when to stop. Kabuki Boy. Okay. Now, I... I think he's in Kabuki Boy range. Okay. Because Kabuki Boy was another character. He had a couple of episodes. He did. Um, There were very good episodes. And I think the reason Kabuki Boy got so high on the list initially is because he had a plan that actually made sense. Yes. Like, he possesses people and, like, uses their skills and abilities. And so he kidnapped a bunch of, like, ultimate fighters and made a gauntlet of them that he was, like, possessing in sequence to fight the Die Rangers, terminating with possessing a killer robot. Okay. That had, like, missile fingers. So, is he better than Key Clown? That rollerblading, soul-stealing key guy. Tough, right? I, now we're getting into difficult decisions, my brother. My gut is no. I think I'm with you. If I, only because Key Clown had rollerblades and... Dr. Yagami had a bicycle, and the rollerblades were cooler. Yeah. Okay, so that puts him just in, just below Key Clown at spot number 14. Good showing for the good Dr. Yagami. Okay, so now, Matt, where does... Where does Young Noble Junior... Where does Young Noble Junior go? Now, I will say that our list of commanders, we have not gotten to the four Viram commanders from Jetman yet. Oh, is that true? Yeah. So the only people we have on the list, it goes Shadam, Gara, Goma the 15th, Akamaru, and Zydos. Okay. And we don't have time to put, I don't think we have time to put them on the list right now. No, no, no. We'll get to that we in will, future. Yeah, we will get to uh, Creature Royale special episodes. But just kind of, just to hold that in your mind. So, Young Noble Jr. Um, Let's start in the middle, man. Better or worse than Goma the 15th? Oh, better than Goma the 15th, I think. Okay. Okay, I'm into that. Better than Goma the 15th, better than Akamaru, better than well, Zydos. Well, if, if he's better than Goma the 15th, yeah. he's better than Akamaru and Zydos. Like, they're at the bottom of the list. So, Gara man, the pettiest, just nastiest BDSM leather mama die, not die tribe. Yeah, uh... No, she wasn't the die. Oh, she was die. Yeah, my bad. My bad. Originally, yeah. Um, 
Okay. Okay, listen. Pro points. Pro Let, points on Gara. Let before we go into the finer points of Gara and then Shadam. Yeah. Can I give you where my gut is? Yeah, please do. I like Young Noble Jr. better than any of those people. Okay. Hit me. Um and honestly, a lot of it is just cool points. He's a rock and roll skull man. Like, he's a rock and roll skull man. He's like a glam rock and roll skull man dressed in, like, black skeleton leathers who, when he feels moody, plays piano to his, like, cat ninja girls in a room full of mist and then throws black roses at people. Like... Young Noble Jr. is amazing. We started liking this show when Young Noble Jr. showed up. Oh, you know what? That, I think, is the strongest point. Is that this show was not actually very good. Like, it was fine. It was fine. But it wasn't very good until Young Noble Jr. hits the scene. Like, I I looked forward to seeing Young Noble Jr. in every episode. So, dude, as much as I love Shadam and his eventual, like, volcano... No, it was Ido Senate Volcano ahead. Shadam's like crazy double blind turned out he was also a mud man whatever yeah I still don't understand the end of of Die Ranger and, and that's another point in uh, Young Noble Jr.'s uh, case is that I, I I know what he was about yeah I'm still not exactly sure what Shadam wanted <laughs> okay man I think I'm with you dude Young Noble Jr like Young Noble Jr might not beat out like Gray no I don't think so but Young Noble Jr I think is according to the ones that we have listed so far my favorite of the big bads yeah I'm I'm with you man so our list of commanders goes Young Noble Jr Shadam Gara going with the 15th Akamaru and Zydos Poor Zydos. I like Zydos too. I like them all. I like them all. They're all good. Yeah. But that's that's the way that is. Well, Matt, I think that's going to finish us up for this killer episode of Ninja Sentai Conquer Ranger. Yeah. Uh, that is going to do it um, this week for us. Before we finish up, I want to remind you all you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at Bros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Please rate and review and subscribe on there. That's what's going to help new people find the show. Uh, If you listen to it on other venues, such as Stitcher or the iHeartRadio app or YouTube, or, I don't know, wherever, we're we're a lot of places, wherever you find us, if there's an opportunity to rate us, uh, please do that. That'd be great. Um... Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. If you want to catch any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can find them all at retrogradeorbitradio.com, which is a real tongue twister. It is. Um, Once again, I already said once again, we're the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week on The the Greatest greatest Show on Earth. Earth.